Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. And today I'd like to talk to you about energy, but specifically about energy vampires. Have you heard this term before, energy vampire? Some people call it psychic vampire. It's a person who leaves you feeling drained, sometimes emotionally drained, and sometimes even to the point of feeling physically drained. There are people who take, they take from you and they leave you feeling that way and they rarely ever give back in any way. There are different types of energy vampires. One is the person who makes you feel guilty. Uh, let's say you tell someone, I'm so excited, I'm going on a trip to this place. You call your person and tell them that. And they say, oh, that must be nice. I never get to go anywhere. Or they say, oh, you never come to see me where I live. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe you have never gone to see them. Maybe they have a point. But if they say this about all the news you share all the time, that will tip you off that that person might be an energy vampire. So if you called them and said, hey, I won something, and they're like, oh, must be nice. I never win anything. Or you're like, finally, I got asked out on that date. Oh, I never get asked out on a date. Or, hey, I just got offered a new job. Oh, I wish I got offered a new job. If it's everything like that, that's someone who's trying to make you feel bad and to take your energy from it. There are those who are just so unhappy or so insecure that um, they're suffering from low self-esteem and they don't know it, but they pull everyone into their wake, making them feel bad about it too. There are those who just don't ever want to feel happy. They call themselves being realist. And I find there's a lot of pessimists who are like, oh no, I'm not pessimistic. I'm not negative. I'm a realist. And so I'll say to them, so I'm an optimist. So I don't deal in reality. Optimists can't deal in reality, but uh, pessimists can. And they're just people who don't ever want to admit to having uh, any hope or any joy. And so they try to suck the energy from anyone who's showing that around them. They'll do things to squash it. They don't want to listen to music. They don't want to engage emotionally. They don't want to go deeper. They'll actually push it away. And that's a different type of energy vampire. There's so many, some that, you know, are very short-tempered, some that, that gossip all the time. They just want to tell you all the bad things about other people to make themselves feel better. There's the jealous ones who can never really feel happiness from anyone, and so the jealousy oozes out. And when I see that in the aura, it's like this terrible, dark, neon mix of green color almost like uh one of those neon gatorades but if you mixed like a slushy algae into it and mix the two that's what jealousy looks like in the aura it's one of the worst colors i could ever see in the aura another energy vampire is the one who blames it's always someone else's fault never their fault and they're a super drama queen about it they always have a problem. It's always a huge problem. And no matter what happens, you can't fix it. No one can help them. It just is what it is, but it's always never their fault. 
And once that dies down, all the interaction from that, then uh, they go on to the next thing. So how do you deal with this if you have someone like this in your life? Well, it's an energy vampire, so they're attached to you, right? They're wanting to take your energy. Now, it can be difficult if it's someone you can't really get rid of. What if it's someone in your family? Um, what if it's someone at work? And, and you're kind of stuck. And yet they leave you drained after every conversation. They want your attention all the time. They always want to talk about themselves. Sometimes they lie just to get attention. And you may even know they're lying, but they're still going to go with it and act like they believe it. So what they do is they pull from you energetically. They pull from your emotional field and the more that you're kind, the more that you're caring and compassionate, the more that you listen, uh, it's like the more energy they're sucking. And there are psychological descriptions to people like this and what uh, they do and why they do it. And I'm going to let the psychologist go with those terms and you can Google those and look them up. What I want to talk about is the spiritual metaphysical reasons for energy vampires. And what they all have in common is they feed on people and they use it through manipulation for people that will listen to them. And so one of the people that are always a target are empaths. So if you're an empath and you're even more compassionate and caring you're really a target for these type of people because they know you're not going to turn them away. They know you're really going to be open and listening. So you really have to watch that. You don't attract that in a relationship in your life, whether it's a friendship or um, a love relationship, because it can be very damaging for you. And they're especially drawn to those type of people or anyone who's super loving and caring. So, what they do energetically, and again, I'm talking about this from the metaphysical standpoint, is as your energy changes in your aura, as you open up and you listen, and you become connected with that person, they have cords of energy that extend from their aura, just like you have cords of energy that extend from your aura. And I talk about this in my book, The Awakened Aura, and in my course, The Aura School, and each person that you connect with, little cords come out from you and reach out to connect the other person in their energy field. And this is how we share energy and communicate with each other and get to know a person. Now, if it's just for a moment, uh, when we meet someone walking down the street or something and we have a conversation with them, a tiny little cord comes out. And with that cord... It engages and it, it kind of reaches out and it's tapping into that person's aura to see how you feel about them. And that's how you get what we call a first impression. It's your intuition and it's being guided to you through that cord of energy. And it's saying, oh, this person seems nice or warm or funny or dangerous or sad or scary or aggressive. And it says this person's um, interesting to talk to, or I should be aware of this person, or I feel like this person's not being truthful, or I feel like this person's being genuine. And we're picking up on all those signals, not just through what they're saying or their body language, like psychologists talk about, 
But the more intuitive we are and the more we're open to our intuition, uh, and some people who don't like calling it intuition will call it a gut feeling, we get impressions about that person. We may have no clues or facts to deliver to people of why we don't trust this person or why we do, but it's just a feeling we have that we know. So these come from those cords that attach. Now, if it's a person that we meet for a minute and we have a quick conversation with them and we don't really know them, then as soon as we part ways, those cords, they degrade is what I say. They, they kind of disappear. They break off and dissipate into nothing. It's really quick and they haven't had time to really link together. So they come together for a minute, they're formed to transmit that information, and then they kind of crumble into dust and disappear. The more you're with someone, the more you're in a relationship with someone, the more you connect with them, the more you talk to them, uh, the more you spend time around them, then a cord that you started gets thicker. Now, in my Aura book, I explain this as the family ties that bind. And the cords we create with family members. And then as we get older, the cords we create with our uh, relationships, our lovers, our uh, own children, and uh, friendships that we make and other people that we get along with really well, sometimes even co-workers. So those cords will stay for a long time. And that's why when you divorce or uh, should you lose your spouse to death or uh, whichever reason that would cause you to be apart, it takes a long time to get over it. Uh, Even though you can logically say like, I know this is for the best that we're divorcing or come to terms even in your grief that that loved one has died. It's still very real. And the beyond the grief, there are feelings that are still there. And part of that are those cords that were created And whether they were severed quickly or took a while to break apart, they still have that energy and are connected, and it takes a while for them to dissipate and break apart. So it keeps that energy flowing through our aura. So the more we connect with the person, the stronger these cords get. So if you're connecting with someone that you talk to often that's an energy vampire, they have a cord as well that's attached to you, and they're addicted in a way to that energy that you're emitting and so when they come talk to you and you're admitting all that kindness and compassion uh, and understanding and and good feelings toward them it is making them feel better it's an energy that's filling them up but the problem is because they're pulling so much energy out of that constantly from you with one problem to the next to the next to the next and having you think about them and engage a lot in conversation with them, that it's sucking too much of your energy where yours starts to dry up and you can't replenish. So to explain this really, we have to understand the aura, that your aura replenishes on a daily basis when it's healthy. When you get a good night's sleep, that helps replenish it. When you clear your mind and your thoughts and Maybe you do meditation, maybe you do some type of practice where you let things go, you're consciously visualizing and uh, working to let uh, things go, or thinking about positive things, or laughing and doing 
fun, outgoing things that bring in energy. Or if you do a deeper spiritual practice like I teach with the white light prayer, bringing in that white light energy to recharge the aura. And if you have a healthy aura, it's going to hold that energy and have plenty and you're good. But if you're under stress, if you're under pressure, if you have a lot of people pulling on you, if you have a lot of demands, if you have a lot of things affecting you, then your aura is already under pressure. And so if you've got an energy vampire around you, it's just going to suck more and more to the point that not only can it uh, make you tired and more stressed and emotionally in a bad place where your emotions can become erratic and affect your thoughts as well. But it can also make you physically ill if it goes on for too long and you're around an energy vampire that's constantly upsetting you and then sucking that energy. So you want to think about that in terms of your aura uh, and where you're at. What happens to explain it better is an energy vampire is someone who, for one reason or another, has created severe cracks in the aura. The aura is the energy field around the body. It's kind of like an oval egg shape around us. And the field of the aura, the energy field, is pliable, meaning you can push on it and it feels kind of, hmm, kind of fluid, And it's malleable. You can kind of push it and expands or you can contract it in. But it does have a base to it and it it is whole. But if your aura gets too dry, if you close your emotions too much, your aura gets dry and brittle and it cracks. Or if it gets too mushy from too much emotion, uh, it can get mushy and then have leaks in it as well. So you don't want it to go either way too far. And when you do one way or the other, then you have those cracks. And so you're leaking energy all the time. So your aura doesn't have the full energy it needs to take care of the body and the mind and the spirit. And if you have cracks, it's hard to restore the aura by just sleeping. You have to do other things to really cleanse the aura and your energy fields in order for the aura to be restored. It can heal itself, but if you keep cracking it daily with things that are going on uh, and you don't change those things, then it's hard for it to, to heal. So if you've got someone with a cracked aura who isn't doing anything to heal it, they like living in drama, they're, uh, they always have the problems, they, they never deal with their jealousy, they never think about others, they're just thinking about themselves, and uh, their woes constantly in that place, their aura is not going to heal. And so it's going to seek out people that it can draw energy from, and it's drawing that energy from your aura and sucking it into theirs, trying to uh, build up enough energy for them to feel better and have the energy to go do other things they want to do. The problem is it never lasts because they have those cracks. So it's like pouring water into a pitcher that's cracked on the side. The water just part pours back out on the other side. So you're not really accomplishing anything. Because of this, you don't ever want to send white light energy or to pour your energy into trying to help this person. What you're doing is sending more of your energy um, that's only helping them in the moment when they're complaining or they're in their emotional pull. And it gives them more energy to continue to do that because you cannot fix their cracks in their aura. They have to do this. And so 
you're just giving them energy to continue to feed. That's not helping them and it's not helping you. You can't heal an emotional energy vampire. You can't fix that. It has to come from within themselves. They need help of a different kind to deal with their problems and not be chronic victims or chronic complainers. And the people that do that have to heal that within themselves. So if you send them energy, you're just sending energy that's going to, like I said, give them energy to feed more. And that's the last thing you want to do. It's not good for you or them or for them to take it on others and to go feed on others. So with this information, do you recognize the energy vampire in your life? Maybe that's why you've pulled away from someone uh, and they don't understand and they're angry about it. Maybe you recognize it in your family. Maybe it happened in your childhood and you didn't know what to do about it with that person. And so it's hard because you're a kind, loving, compassionate person, but you feel guilty that you don't want to spend time around this person. Maybe this is the reason why, and it takes a little discernment to see if that's the reason or not. But if you think about those things, if it's always every conversation with them, if nothing good is ever discussed, if they're not really happy for other people, but they tend instead to just get jealous of of other people's good news, if you start seeing all of those warning signs, then you may be dealing with an energy vampire. So if you are, what do you do? Well, if it's someone that you're not deeply involved with, and it's possible, then you might want to eliminate them out of your life so that you don't have to deal with that. If it's someone you don't have to, if it's someone in your life, uh, it's a coworker and you can't, you're going to continue to work at that place and be around them, uh, then, or someone in your family, and that's just who they are, then what you do is you take steps to protect yourself. Starting with you limit the amount of exposure you have to them and you make sure to set it in into finite times. So if you have to work with this coworker on something, you agree, okay, I can meet with you for 30 minutes about this and you you keep to that time. And then if they're like, well, let's go to lunch and discuss more. Let's, you have something else that has to get, you have to get done, you have to do. And so you stick to the facts right away, you eliminate the other conversation and you just get the information you need as fast as possible and to go to work on it. If it's a family member in the same way and you need to keep a relationship with them, but they want to call you all the time uh, to complain about their problems or see you, then again, you limit the time. Sure, I have time for a phone call, but only for 15 minutes because I've got something else to do. And so you limit the amount of time and you have a fail safe. You have a reason to go for something else. So what you're doing in this case is setting boundaries and you'll figure out what works best for you. Maybe going and meeting them somewhere is better than having them come back to your home where you can't get them to leave. So have set times where, you know, you can spend this amount of time and that's it. Maybe you go to lunch so you know there's a beginning and end and I've got to get back to work or I've got to go. So you can also pull back of what you're giving. Now that you've recognized that this is an energy vampire, realize that you may have been too good of a listener, 
too compassionate, too much giving them what they want. So pull back from that. Don't give as much energy. Don't listen as much. Don't uh, engage with them in the same way. In fact, you want to might you might want to turn the tables and give it back to them. Oh, I'd love, you know, to hear that more about that. But I'm just I'm tired. Or I just, you know, um, I just I just don't have the bandwidth in me to hear that right now. I'm sorry. There's just too much. And so when you when you're not as open to listen and to give that energy back, you're going to be surprised because you're not going to say, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with you? Let's talk about you. What are you feeling? Are you hurting? No, they're going to be like, oh, OK, I'll let you go. OK, I'll talk to you later. Oh, OK, well, maybe we'll get together another time. They're pretty quickly going to go look for someone else to feed off of. They're not really interested in you and helping you. They're going to find someone else to go you know, to uh, connect with and to, and to zap their energy. They're not interested in what's going on with you. So if you can remember that, you want to be very calm and, you know, not overreact in any way uh, because energy vampires like emotion. So even if you're like upset and telling them, no, you always come to me with your problems, blah, 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 and you're upset, that's still energy that they can feed off of. And then they'll just argue back with you and make it a big thing. And they're still going to feel better. There are some energy vampires that feel better when they create arguments with their spouses, with their children, with their loved ones, with their family members. They create those arguments actually to get energy because they're so depressed otherwise that they'll take any energy they can get, even if it's uh, energy that's upsetting. They'll say it makes them feel more alive or connected it's not good but that's the place they're at is energy vampires now the thing is important even though we're talking about this is not to go around start pointing fingers at everyone and saying they're an energy vampire everybody has problems and bad days and need someone to talk to and you may be a great person to talk to and a lot of people reach out to you for that and that's wonderful that's a gift that empaths have so when people want to tell you their problem and then they tell you, wow, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That's great advice. Thank you for listening. I feel better. And they go off and, and do their thing and feel better. And the next time you see them, they're smiling and they're laughing and, you, you know, you have a, a fun conversation. That's not an energy vampire. That's someone who reached out, who needed a sympathetic ear, who needed to be heard and you were able to help them. And that's an absolutely wonderful thing. That's different. That's someone who needed to to vent, and and we're looking we're looking for an ear to listen and to understand them. Energy vampires more are just all the time. They're always with the problem, and it just keeps coming and coming. And that's the way you can really tell um, the difference. Also, no matter who it is and their problem. There, there are times sometimes where you need to practice self-care and you need to take care of you. And empaths sometimes have a really hard time doing this, but you need to know, and what you need to learn most as an empath is to know it's okay sometimes to say that you're just not available. It's okay sometimes to say no, I know. So shocking, right? But you don't have to be there all the time for everyone. And you shouldn't be. You have to take care of your energy as well. It's like 
the old adage that keeps getting repeated right now about when you're in the airplane and the oxygen mask drops down, you have to put on your oxygen mask first, take care of yourself before you can take care of your child or help anyone else. So you have to have times for you too to process your energy, to recharge and to let go. So especially when you're feeling overwhelmed or tired or just at the brink or that you've given too much, it's okay to say no and to say, I'm just not available to help at this time, whatever the reason. And this is something that empaths really struggle with because empaths feel the emotions of everyone. And uh, it's just in their nature to help, to be compassionate, to try to heal at the soul level. But what would be worse than being an empath and draining your energy to the point that you became an energy vampire. Could you think of anything worse to do to someone? That would be the most sorrowful thing any empath could feel, to think about that they've then become that problem and are actually harming another person or taking their energy. So as an empath, you understand energy and the importance of it. You understand all the levels of the aura and how we process this energy, how We first take it in through the spiritual layer of the aura and then through the mental layer and we process it and we think about it. And then it's in the emotional layer where we're feeling all the feels and get going through those emotions and then into the physical layer of the aura where at that point it really begins to go, if it's in that layer, it's about to enter the physical body. And if it's not a good thing, it can lead to dis-ease, as we call it, in the body and lead to problems with that stress and emotion and energy pouring into the physical body. So we want to take care of ourselves before these things get to that level. And we definitely don't want to become emotional vampires uh, trying to heal this in that way, becoming the thing that is actually the, the problem targeting us. So think about this Try to determine if you have any energy vampires in your life at this time. If there are any that are holding on to you, pulling your energy, and what you can do about them. The first step is to really identify and make sure that's what they are. The second step is then to to select from some of these strategies to see how you can either lessen your time with them or not give them as much emotion and energy and where they pull away on their own. Um, and to decide which way is going to work best for you with energy vampires. For more information about the aura and to really understand it, not just how energy leaks from the aura, but how cords in the auras connect, how these cords connect uh, with each person you love and care for, or each person you communicate with, each person that you have sex with, each person that you enter into a dialogue and understand how these cords connect and how the different layers of the cord. You can check out three different things. You can check out my website, exploreyourspirit.com and go to my blog and I write some about auras on there. You can go to my YouTube channel at Kayla Ambrose and watch a couple of videos where I explain more about the aura. You can get my book, The Awakened Aura, which teaches in great detail everything you need to know about the aura and how it works and how it 
can affect empaths as well. And you can also take Aura School, which is a six-week online course that I have where I teach you how to not just understand the aura, but how to see the aura and then read the levels of the aura if you're psychic and understand what the colors and the shapes and the symbols and the aura mean, which is what I do when I read for clients. So I hope this information is helpful to you, that it will help you identify energy vampires and also to help you know what to do when you do encounter one or you have one in your life. As always, I love to hear from you. You can go to exploreyourspirit.com, reach out on the contact form there and share your thoughts with me. Some comments and questions I will share in the future here on the show from people that want to know more about the topics that I discuss. Again, this is Kayla Ambrose and you've been listening to the Kayla Ambrose show where I talk about spiritual, metaphysical, supernatural, paranormal, and uh, psychic conversations. Stay tuned for much more.